All right. Well, good morning again. Uh, I didn't mention earlier, if you're visiting this morning, it's great to have you here. My name's Dave. I'm the lead pastor here, and we're thrilled that you've come to join us at Connect. I hope that you'll come visit again after this morning. I hope you enjoy this morning. Um, I've got a feeling that you are going to enjoy this morning, because this morning I'm speaking on a topic that I know is very dear to all of your hearts. In fact, I think some of you are going to think, man, we should speak about this more often. In fact, I'm actually quite passionate about this particular topic. I have a bit of a hunch that that some of you are so passionate about this topic that when you hear someone else talking about it, you kind of lean in a little bit closer because you love hearing it spoken about. Anyone got any ideas on what it is we'll be speaking about? No. (laughs) It's you. I'm going to be talking about you this morning. Yes. And you're like, awesome, finally. Talking about me. I love that subject. I love hearing about me. And that is what we're talking about. We're talking all about you. But actually, not just about you, but this morning, I think I'm going to kind of uh, reveal something to you, unpack something to you that maybe you didn't know about yourself. Something new that you will learn about yourself that you'll be able to take out of here this morning and say, wow, that's, that's really going to give me some, some new insights here. So in order to help you um, with this, there's actually a bit of a test we're going to do. Now, I apologize. We are in a middle school, so um, we have to kind of make it feel a little bit more like a school. So um, there is a test I'm going to have you complete. I'm going to give you three or four minutes to do this. Uh, the paper is under your seat. You can pull it out now and grab a pencil or a pen if you bought one. Uh, the good news about this test is there are no wrong answers because the answers are all about you. So hopefully you know the answers because they're about you. Um, you're going to read through 25 statements, and you're going to grade yourselves a one two or a three. Number one is if the statement's really true about you. You're like, nah, that's not really me. Number two, you're going to give yourself, okay, I'm going to give myself a two because yeah, I can see a little bit of that in me. Sometimes that's true. Or you're going to read a statement or a phrase there and you'll be like, that is me. When I read that, that is me to a T. Give yourself a three on that one. So like I said, I'm going to give you three or four minutes. If we can pull the lights up as bright as possible so everyone can see their sheets and maybe have some appropriate tests taken music that we could play in the background. All right. Hopefully that was long enough for you uh, to complete that test. And I say test, there's, there's no pass or fail here. It's the, uh, all the answers are about you, so hopefully you got them all right. Um, and as a little bonus, we threw in a little song there that'll be stuck in your head for the rest of the day. So that's our gift to you here from us at Connect. Um, so we're going to go through that test in a minute. I know some of you are already kind of thinking, Dave, I just came to sit and listen. What's this taking test stuff? And now I've got to add up these numbers. I'm sorry, there's some mental arithmetic has to be done here as well. There's a calculator app on your phone if you need it. But uh, you're going to total those up. And uh, what it's going to do is it's going to show you one of those five letters, which one you score the highest in. And a little bit later in the service, we're going to come back to this sheet and uh, talk a bit more about those particular categories and uh, how that applies in your life. But the series we're doing, and the reason this ties in is because we're in a series right now, and it's called Masterpiece. Uh, I love the title of this uh, series. It comes from a, a letter that a guy by the name of Paul wrote to a church in Ephesus. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, he's talking to the church. He's talking to us. And he says that you are God's masterpiece. For we are God's masterpiece. When he looks at you, he sees it's like a priceless work of art. That's who God sees when he looks at you. 
These words were written by this, this guy, Paul, and Paul himself had had an encounter with Jesus that changed his life. This encounter changed who he was, in fact, in two very specific ways. Number one, it changed first and foremost how he viewed God. Up till then, he'd been an enemy of God. He'd been out to pursue and persecute followers of Jesus. But this encounter with Jesus changed his perception of God. But the second thing that his encounter with Jesus did in the life of Paul is it changed his view of himself. It showed him his, a, a new side to his identity. It showed him who he was now as a follower of Jesus. And out of this knowledge, out of this awareness, out of this change, he writes this letter to this church in Ephesus, this brand new New Testament church that was just kind of beginning And he's writing to them and he's encouraging them and he's talking all about the idea of our identity, who we are, thanks to Jesus. So this letter, even though it was written to that early church, is still just as applicable to us today. There's so much truth and wisdom and applicable knowledge that we can pull out of this letter. And we've been doing that over the last few weeks. In that first week, we discovered that very on in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul explains that we are children of God, that we've been adopted into his family. If you are here this morning and you're a follower of Jesus, it's like God adopted you as a son or a daughter into his family. There was nothing you did, nothing you could earn, no amount of merit. This was just God's love for you, adopting you into his family. We kind of continued along that thought on week two where we talked about the idea of all of us being members of God's family. How when it comes to identity, we can very easily get caught up in the way the world kind of looks at identity. It could be the color of your skin, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're rich or poor, these different things that kind of fashion our identity. And we discovered that those are really secondary identity markers. Because we are all a part of the family of God, that's our primary identity. And in fact, because that's our primary identity, that can help us to break down some of those dividing walls of hostility Paul talked about. In Paul's context, it was the Jews and the Gentiles. In our context, it could be race or um, class or uh, sex, whatever it may be. But we are all a member of God's family. And then last week, I hope you were as encouraged as I was when we discovered that when it comes to our identity, we are all a work in progress. Many of us are striving to become the person that God wants us to be, but the reality is we very often fall short and we continue to be that work in progress. The reality is that this side of heaven, we're never going to reach full completion. But that God understands that, that he sees that we are a work in progress. Now this morning we're going to continue on looking at this letter that Paul's written. We're going to discover that he's going to point out that when it comes to our identity, every one of us is gifted. That we have these uh, amazing gifts in our life. These gifts that were given to us free of charge. That this morning you have a gift And not just you in general, but but you are gifted. You have a gift, and you have a gift, and you have a gift, and you get a car. Well, you don't. You get a donut. But I kind of felt a bit like Oprah there as I was kind of pointing. But the reality is that every one of us this morning, we have these gifts that God has given us. 
And Paul talks about this, and maybe you're here this morning, you think about these skills or these talents or these abilities you've got, and you think, well, you know, I, I'm kind of of the understanding that maybe it was nature or maybe it was nurture, and we could have a long conversation as to what really caused us to be the way we are. There's a very strong argument for nature. Uh, does anyone recognize who this particular gentleman is? Anyone know who that is? Yeah, well done. See, uh, that's a man by the name of Del Curry. He was a basketball player, a, a good basketball player for the Charlotte Hornets back in the 90s where he had a little son and uh, his son grew up and he turns out to be a, a pretty okay uh, basketball player as well. Here's a picture of him. His name's Steph Curry. Rising young star. Look out for him. I think he may do well. Now, this will be a very strong argument for nature. Here's a very talented basketball player whose, whose dad was also a talented basketball player. But the reality is every one of us could tell stories of how just because one generation was skilled athletically in one sport doesn't necessarily mean that the next generation will be. My sons, uh, Ben and Will, they both play soccer. It's because it's the only real sport I could get them involved in that I could understand as I was watching. So very early on, I got them involved in Park District Soccer. And I can remember Ben, he was probably four or five years old. He joined a rec team here with the Washington Park District, and it was his first practice. And there was the coach. I think it was one of the other dads was kind of coaching this little team of four or five-year-olds. If you've ever watched kids play soccer that year, it's, uh, that age, it's, it's, it's horrible. They just are, you know, some are just pulling up daisies off the ground, and then others are running and all around the place. They don't really know what's going on, but uh, Ben was doing pretty well. And I, I remember that first practice shouting out from the sidelines, hey, great job, mate, keep it up. And the coach kind of turns and looks at me and there was a couple of minutes and he kind of heads over towards the sideline. He's like, hey, if you ever want to jump in and help coach or, or just you know, take over, you, you can. You're welcome to just come in. And I'm like, no, you're, you're good, you're fine. I think he heard my accent and was like, oh man, I'm coaching a kid here whose dad's British. He obviously is incredible at soccer, but the reality is I'm not that good. I do like watching and I enjoy playing, but I'm really not very good. And he was doing a very good job of coaching, probably better than I could. Now, Ben and Will, they're both amazing at soccer. They're really good soccer players. And I know that they haven't just got that from me. They've worked hard at that. So it's, so it's not necessarily always true in nature. There's the idea of nurture. Um, the idea that there are parents who work hard and, and diligently with their children. Maybe, you know, putting them through hours and hours of practice so they may become the best musician or artist or academic they could possibly be. There's an author by the name of Malcolm Gladwell, and he talks about this concept of 10,000 hours that, you know, when he studied some of the geniuses in the world, you know, in the, whether it was in sports or music or academia, he said that, um, you know, you could, you could track the 10,000 hours. This guy spent 10,000 hours just shooting free throws or 10,000 hours practicing the violin or 10,000 hours practicing computer programming, whatever it was. But because they spent so much time, they became kind of set apart from others in their fields. That's the idea of nurture, that you work hard. And because you work hard at it, that's why you're skilled or gifted in that particular thing. Now, while I believe that both are true, nature and nurture, I think there's actually something bigger than both of those at play. I actually believe that God created every one of us and that he created us all unique, that this morning you weren't just one of millions of people. God knows your name. He knows exactly who you are. He knows everything about you. He even knows why you are the way you are. He created you with some of those skills and those abilities and gifts, and they are from him to be used in very unique ways to be used in ways that maybe others will never be used in because God made you that way.
And that's what Paul's talking about as he writes to this church in Ephesus. He's talking about this idea of these gifts that we've been given. Listen to what he says in chapter 4, verse 7. He says, However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Then in verse 11, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. You know, another translation puts verse 7 like this. It says, but to each one of us, grace has been given. Paul talks about these gifts as coming from, from God's grace. God's grace just literally means a gift given to you. That is what God's grace is for all of us. There's, there's nothing we can do to warrant that, to merit that. We can't be good enough. Grace is just God saying, I love you so much. This is a free gift I want to give to you. That's what these gifts are that Paul's talking about. They are free gifts given to every single one of us. He's given these gifts to each of us to be apostles or prophets or evangelists or shepherds or teachers. Now, maybe some of you here this morning going, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. So you're saying that somewhere in the room here this morning, there are some apostles like St. Paul, St. Peter. There's, there's someone like that sat in this room. That, that's who I am? Or maybe you scored high in evangelists. You're like, Dave, evangelist? I, I've seen those guys on Christian television. I, I don't have the hair to be an evangelist. I don't think that can be me. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to actually take a closer look at these five gifts because I do believe that God has given them to all of us here. And maybe the word can be a little bit intimidating, but as we break down what that gift looks like, some of you, I think the light bulb is going to come on and you say, I know now why I ask God highly in that area. I can see how that is true in my life. Now, maybe you're here this morning, you've heard about these gifts before. You've heard them taught in another church, or maybe growing up you heard them taught. And, and in your mind, you'd always thought of these gifts as, as gifts that um, God wants to give to people who are leading churches, the professionals, the one who actually get a paycheck. And you're like, I'm not sure that these gifts are for me. I'm just an attender. I show up for an hour on a Sunday morning, and then, you know, you don't see me again until next Sunday. So I'm not sure this gift's for me. You see, I don't actually believe that's true. Here's why. Paul starts out this letter to this church in Ephesus this way. He says, this letter in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. He starts out introducing who he is. And then he says, I'm writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. So in the very beginning of this letter, Paul says, okay, here's who this letter is to, all of you. All you faithful followers of Jesus in this church, to the leaders, to the, to the followers, to every single member of the church, that's who I'm writing to. Now, I don't see him in chapter 4 when he starts to talk about this gift, say, now, although I'm writing to all of you, stop listening for a second, because right now I want to talk just to the leaders. He doesn't say that. This letter continues on that, that these gifts, apostle, prophet, shepherd, teacher, evangelist, these are to everyone that he's writing to. You see, I think these words have been used uh, in the past to bring some kind of separation, that there's the, the clergy there, and then there's the followers. And while I believe that God does call some people to be leaders in the church, 
both in um, salaries, you know, paid positions, but also um, volunteer positions to be leaders. There are people that God calls to equip and to, to help lead in certain areas. I think the reality is that this gift is for all of us as a church. In fact, I think these gifts are for all of us to become the church that Jesus intended us to be. You see, some of you may have got caught up in this idea that, you know, this hour you spend on a Sunday morning is because you go to Connect Church. Well, let me just stop you there for a second because you don't go to Connect Church. You are Connect Church. Every one of you here this morning, you are Connect Church. This morning for an hour, we are Connect Church together in this middle school. But tomorrow morning, you'll be a part of Connect Church in your school or in your workplace or in your home or in your community. We are a part of Connect Church. And as a part of of this local church... God has equipped every one of us uniquely to find a role and a function to help this church become all that God wanted it to be. So let's look at these gifts in a little bit more detail. So I hope by now, as you've gone through this sheet, you've kind of figured out which one of the five letters you're strongest in. Now, some of you may have one or two that you're pretty high in and then three that you're not so high. Um, but hopefully by now, you've kind of seen some of the areas that maybe um, this is how I'm wired. These, these, these questions lead me to believe this. Now, the great thing is if you're here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, I love these questions because they're not really church-specific So you may see that these apply in your work or in your education, wherever you find yourself. But let me tell you, I still believe that it's because God made you that way. I believe God wants you to be in a relationship with him. And as part of that relationship with him, you won't just see those gifts at work in your life, but you'll see how you can use those gifts as a part of being Connect Church. So maybe this morning you scored high on that first letter, A, the Apostle. Okay, Um, I won't ask for a show of hands, but if you scored high this morning as an apostle, let me tell you what apostle means. Okay, literally the word apostle means one who is sent out or one who goes first. That's why you hear talked a lot about in the New Testament, the apostles, because Jesus sent these people out to build his church. So Peter and Paul and John and these first disciples who they they called apostles, that was their, their job was to be sent out and start the church. But I believe that that apostolic gift still exists today. That God has wired some of us to be the same kind of people that have that mentality of want to be sending out to start something new. If you're an apostle here this morning, there's a good chance that you love starting new things. Just talking and dreaming about new stuff, it just gives you that adrenaline rush. It doesn't scare you in the least. You probably love change. You love taking on new challenges. In fact, in the business world, you are the entrepreneurs. You are the zero to one people. You're the people who get things started. But you know what's interesting? As we go through each one of these five gifts, you're going to find that every gift, it has a shadow side. It has a dark side that if we're not careful, uh, um, this is our strength. It can bring with it a negative. If you're an apostle here this morning, you need to be careful because you can fall in love with every new idea that comes your way. And if you're not careful, you can never follow through on any of them. Because you have a tendency to move on from one idea to the next new idea as soon as it comes along. And there'll be people following you who are less confused and even disappointed. Because they're like, I just started to get the hang of that last idea and you're already on to the next thing. But that's apostles. You can't help yourself. You know, you're moving to the next big challenge, the next idea. And here's why the mission of Jesus. Here's why Connect Church needs apostles. 
We are counting on you to be the ones who will start new things, to encourage the rest of us to take those, those kingdom risks. We need you to come up with new ideas. We need you to start new groups, new ministries, new nonprofits, even brand new churches maybe. Because you're the ones that God wired as apostles. That's the apostolic gift. Now, how about those of you who scored high on P, that second letter, the prophets? Now, if you did score high on a prophet, maybe you're like, ah, oh, that's kind of weird because I think sometimes we tend to think of prophets as people who predict the future, like fortune tellers, and you're like, I'm not sure that that's me. And while it's true that uh, when we read the Bible, especially the Old Testament, there was a talk of a lot of different prophets who, who God did give insight and wisdom into things that had not yet come. The reality is what the prophets were doing is they were simply telling the truth. Sometimes it was about things that was to come in the future, and sometimes it was the truth about situations right there and then. You can read about some of those Old Testament prophets who stood before kings and leaders and said, this is wrong. In God's eyes, what you're doing right now is wrong. They were the ones who were courageous, who stood up to tell the truth. And maybe you're here this morning and you scored high on a prophet. You're the ones who can look at situations and, and you can clearly see all the motives and intentions and pitfalls and, and even creative solutions. You've got this built-in detector that just knows when something isn't as it should be. You tell the rest of us the whole truth. You're not afraid of being a truth teller. But prophets, you too have a blind spot. Since you are so discerning and, and so often right, you can become arrogant you can actually think that you're right 100% of the time. Whereas in actual fact, that may not be true. What you need to remember, the prophets this morning, is that your insights, your, your ability to see truth and to know truth, that's a gift from God. It's not from you. And secondly, you're not right all the time. And for those of you that aren't prophets, you might think, wow, Dave, that's a bit harsh, but, but that's okay. Prophets, they, they can take the truth. They like it, okay? They want the hard truth. And the reality is that sometimes the prophets, they're not right all the time. But we need people with a prophetic gift here at Connect Church. We need you to be the truth tellers. We need you to be the ones who will tell us the last 10% that maybe others are afraid to say. We need you to be, to be gentle and humble, but to tell us the whole truth about our strengths and our weaknesses. That's why we need people with the prophetic gift. All right, maybe some of you this morning scored high on the E, which is evangelist. Let me tell you why you scored high on that gift, because this is the way God's wired you. You see, the word evangelist, it means one who brings good news to others. So in the context of us here as followers of Jesus at Connect Church, that good news is the difference that Jesus has made in our lives and sharing with others about what he's done with us and what God's doing here in this church. But the truth is, evangelists, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, you are most likely the life of the party. You just have that gift of attracting and gathering people. Evangelists make great salespeople, public relations reps, even politicians. You know, if you're an evangelist here today, today's May the 1st, you're already working on your guest list for your Memorial Day party. That's the evangelist. You're already thinking and planning of who you can invite and who can be a part of that gathering. But evangelists, especially those that are followers of Jesus, they love helping people find their way back to God. You are the guys and the girls who just love talking to people and sharing with people about what God's doing in your life. 
And the chances are that you are consistently inviting people to, to come along to church on a Sunday or to be a part of your small group. However, if you do have the gift of evangelism here this morning, here's my caution to you. You are so keen to, to make friends so that you can share with them about Jesus and invite them to church that sometimes um, friends can become almost more projects. You know, you've, you've kind of talked to them, you've shared, and now you're moving on to the next person. And you need to be careful not to, to treat people like that, to be careful how you value relationships just as much as you do the cause so you don't unintentionally hurt people. But the truth is that the mission of Jesus, it needs evangelists. Because more people than anyone else, the evangelists are helping people find their way back to God. Inviting them to church, inviting them to small groups, bringing them to Jesus. That's the evangelistic gift. Maybe you're here this morning, you've been listening to those three and you're like, man, I just, I know now as Dave describes them, I know that's not me. Because I'm a shepherd. I scored high in that straight away. I could see that those were the answers that, that resonated with me the most. Listen, the rest of you need to, to pay attention, okay? If you need someone to take good care of you, find a shepherd. This is the person. You need a hug. You need to find someone who scored high as a shepherd. They just care about people. They are just wonderful people. Shepherds are tender-hearted. They're encouragers. They're caretakers. These are the people who really hurt when they see someone near them hurting. But don't get, don't get confused here because shepherds aren't softies. Shepherds care a lot about the flock, so much so that they can actually be quite strong if they see someone being hurt because their heart is to help those who are hurting, even protect those who are being hurt. Those are the shepherds. If you're a shepherd here this morning, you might find yourself in a job like a counselor, social worker, nurse, something like that. That's because God gifted you that way. He gifted you with the heart of a shepherd. But let me talk to the shepherds here for just a second because shepherds, you need to be careful. First, you need to be careful to set some clear boundaries for your own health. Because if you're a shepherd here this morning, you'll take in every hurting person, every stray cat, every stray dog. I mean, you just, you just don't want to see anyone left out. You're bringing them all in, sometimes to your own detriment because you want to heal them all. But in the process, it can hurt you. Here's the second challenge to shepherds here this morning. You know, the, the danger in being a shepherd is that sometimes we can allow others to become too dependent upon us. If you're a shepherd this morning, you can actually um, create that kind of codependency and you need to be careful to care for people, but to not do for them what they can and should be doing for themselves. But you know what? We need shepherds here at Connect Church. You are so important because you help people not only feel loved by you, but you actually help them feel loved by God. You demonstrate the love of God to those people. We need you to love the people in your small group and in your circles and your ministry teams and even in the rows you sit in on a Sunday morning. We need your help to teach us how to love people the best we can because that's the shepherding gift. You know, the final gift is the teacher. If you scored high as a teacher, you just love anything that allows you to share new insights to groups of people. If you're good at that, if you enjoy doing that, you probably have the gift of teaching. As far as careers go, do you know what teachers are good at? 
being teachers, yeah. <laughs> very, very intuitive there. Yeah, teachers are great at being teachers. Or coaches, or mentors, or trainers. Those, those are the people with the teaching gifts. They want to help people get from here to here. They just get excited. Um, if they can, I, 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 that was one of the ones I scored highly, and I see that in every area of my life. I just see how I love being able to help someone get from here to here because of that teaching gift that God has given me. Now, here in the church, here's where teachers have to be careful. Teachers love the Word of God. And that's awesome. The Word of God is amazing. But sometimes they can get so in love with the Word of God that they forget God himself because they're so caught up in the Word of God. They want to be the ones who unpack all these great truths and these hidden wonders. And, and again, that's awesome. But sometimes people need to know, okay, that's great, but how does that help me today? Teachers, you have to be careful not to be so educated that you're not helping people apply what it is that you know. That's your areas that you can help. But we need teachers here at Connect Church. We need them in Connect Kids. We need them in Connect Youth. We need them leading small groups. We need teachers to help us discover these new life-changing insights from God's Word. We definitely need teachers. So now I've kind of gone through all five gifts. I was thinking, so what do I do? Now I've explained these five gifts that Paul tells us that every one of us has at least one or two of in our lives. Where do we go from here? I was thinking maybe we get t-shirts made. Maybe we get t-shirts for every different gift and we give them out and you can wear a t-shirt. So on a Sunday morning, you'll arrive and all your apostles, your t-shirts just got big letters on the front. It says, get out of my way. I'm building something. And uh, just stood over here, all the shepherds and their t-shirts just say, need a hug. And you're just standing there just ready to hug anyone who needs love in. And... But I thought, you know, before we start to figure out how we can apply these gifts in church life, let's, let's figure out why did God even give us these gifts in the first place? Why are these gifts so important as part of our identity? Well, let's go back and see what Paul has to say. In verse 12, he says, this are the gifts. He says, they are to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. That's a huge thing to understand this morning. They are to equip God's people to do his work and build up the body of Christ. That means that some of you are excelling in these gifts that you have in your careers and in your families and your lives. But actually, God's given you these gifts to equip God's people to do the work and build up the church, the body of Christ. That's not to say it's wrong where they're being used now, but there's a, there's a part that you can play here at Connect. Some of my gifts help you on a regular basis, but there are gifts that you have that will help me, and there are gifts that we have that will help one another. I love it here at Connect when I see the different gifts at work. You know, it was probably the summer of last year. I got contacted by a, a group here in town. They were called Snack Pack. They were just starting up, and their um, goal was to try and provide um, little bags of snacks to send home with kids at the uh, local primary schools and grade schools who uh, maybe when they get home at the weekend, food is scarce. They find themselves on the subsidized or free lunch program and across all three, four school districts here in Washington. These group of people, they, they want to get donations and food and get volunteers to come and pack these bags to send home with these kids. And it was great. I'm sitting in these meetings thinking, this is so much a part of Connect. This is what we want to do to help our community, to give back. But I just knew I just didn't have the, the time to add another thing to my plate. So I'm kind of looking around the church thinking, who can I ask to help me with this? And there's a, a lady in our church. Her name is Amy Jacobs. Amy's brilliant, and I went to Amy, and I said, hey, listen, let me tell you about this snack pack. I've got this idea, but it's just kind of beyond me, and she's like, I'll, I'll take it. 
So Amy has got this like apostolic gift because she takes it and she runs with it. She, she gathers some other friends of hers and together they kind of build this team and uh, the team and they come up with a name for this. They decide to call it Connect Cares and they're like, okay, we're not just going to do Snack Pack. We're going to start taking on other um, initiatives that we can help as a church, both even locally and, and maybe even spread out a little bit farther, but we'll help children and we'll help families make a difference. And that apostolic gift in Amy just got that thing up and running. It was so cool to see. Around about the same time, there was another lady from Connect. Her name's Megan. And um, Megan had taken a donation to a a local organization called Threads Hope and Love. Threads Hope and Love exists to help uh, families who are in need, and they provide clothing and toiletries and that kind of thing. And Megan had never been there before, but she went there to drop off this bag of clothes. And while she was there, they said, would you like a tour of the facility? She said, sure. So they showed her around, and she got to see this huge um, area with clothes and all these different things. And they said, yeah, we serve thousands of families every year. And then she got to discover that actually um, they were kind of a bit overwhelmed. They were very short on volunteers. They had a big backlog of clothing that still needed to be sorted. Not many people were aware of the fact that they were there, so there wasn't many people helping. And Megan's got this like prophetic gift. She saw that and she's like, this isn't right. We have to do something about this. Megan said, she, she contacts me. She goes, Dave, we need to meet. And uh, in a very loving and gracious way, but in a very firm and angry way, she's like, Dave, we've got to do something. You know, these, these people need volunteers. They need help. We, we've got this church. We need to tell Connect Church about this. And, and that prophetic gift kind of rose up in Megan. And before you know it, I put her in touch with Amy and the, the team from Connect Cares. And, and now, once a month, We have volunteers on the second Wednesday night of the month who show up at um, Threads Hope and Love for a couple of hours and help sort these clothes, making a difference. Snack Pack on a regular basis. We're helping pack these bags. If you want to know more about Connect Cares on the Connect Church app, there's a volunteer button you can click on and there's a Connect Cares uh, choice you can choose and one of the leaders will contact you. You can ask about it at the Connect Point. But this wouldn't be happening were it not for these apostolically gifted people, these prophetically gifted people. How about this couple? This is a great couple. Their names are Greg and Chris Martha. Some of you might recognize Greg and Chris. They've been with us since before we even launched. They were on the launch team. I can remember in some of our early meetings talking about the the needs here at Connect. And they stepped up and they said, hey, we're willing to help wherever you need us. And uh, one of the areas that not many people were rushing to be involved in was the nursery and the babies. Fortunately, Greg and Chris have these huge, huge shepherd hearts. They said, we'd love to help in that area. So on a regular basis, you'll find Greg and Christine together serving in the nursery, holding babies that are crying, playing with babies, just, just loving these children. So many through Connect Kids and through the preschool, and you see these people with shepherd hearts who just want to love these children and show the love of Jesus to these children. You know, evangelists, we've got evangelists all around the church. People are inviting their friends and their neighbors. You know who some of our greatest evangelists are at Connect? It's Connect Kids and Connect Youth. They're telling their friends about youth on a Wednesday night. They're telling their friends about church. I've met families on a Sunday morning who have been there, mom, dad, all the kids, and this other kid. I'm like, who's this? They're like, oh, this is so-and-so. He stayed the night last night for a sleepover, and we have this rule that if they stay the night for a sleepover, they come to church in the morning. And along comes this kid, very first time. Because this evangelist, their kindergarten, first grade, second grade friend said, hey, you need to come with me and check this out. It's brilliant. 
Maybe you're here this morning, you're a mum and a dad, and you're, you're here because your kids came to connect first. And they came home and they're like, hey, after the sleepover, I went to church with my friend. It was brilliant. We've got to go check it out. These evangelists. We've got some great teachers in Connect Kids and the youth and in our small group leaders. I just love seeing all of these um, gifts at work. Because the reality is that when we all allow our gifts to be used, it can make a difference in the church. I'm gifted for you, but you are gifted for me. We've all been given these gifts to serve and help build up each other in this community. So here's the question I want to ask you this morning as we close out. Are you using your gift? Maybe you've learned something new about yourself this morning. As you look through the list, you're like, man, I never, I never would have thought of myself as a, as a prophet. But now that he's talking about it, I see that in me. Are you using that gift? Are you using it in your life? Are you using it here in the church? Are you using it to build up the church and to help others find their way back to God? And if you haven't been using your gift, my challenge to you is this. Start today. Step up and contribute to the mission. We will never be who God has called us to be without you. But what we could become with you, that's amazing. A guy by the name of Tozer, A.W. Tozer, he said this, talking about the church. We are Connect Church. He said, has it ever occurred to you that 100 pianos, all tuned to the same fork, are automatically tuned to each other? They are of one accord by being tuned not to each other, but to another standard to which each must individually bow. So 100 worshippers meet together, each one looking away to Christ, and they are in hearts nearer to each other than they could possibly be were they to become unity conscious and turn their eyes away from God to strive for closer fellowship? Tozer is saying, you know, we've got a choice. When it comes to unity, we could look to one another and we could work hard on trying to be unified with one another or we could all choose to look to God like a tuning fork who pulls us all together like a, an orchestra that's playing in unity because every one of us is different, but we can be in unity when we tune in to God. Let's pray. God, I want to thank you that nature may have played a part in it and nurture may have influenced it, but the reality is, Lord, you've given us these gifts. There are reasons we are the way we are, and it's because you created us unique. You created us with a purpose. We weren't meant to just drift through life, Lord. You've given us these gifts to make a difference, to make a difference in the lives of our family and our friends and our community. But as Paul says here as he's writing to the church in Ephesians, to build up that local church. Lord, help us to think of you as our tuning fork, that when it sounds, Lord, we're, we're like an orchestra that tunes in together, that all focuses on you. And because we're all tuned to you, it brings that unity with us together so that a prophet can sit alongside an evangelist who can sit alongside a shepherd and everyone can play a part and everyone can make a difference. Help us to make a difference as we discover who we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen.